Not heard the latest about pooping prime ministers? What podcast have you been listening to? Because it definitely isn't the Totally Buzz podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and totallybuzz.co.uk. So what are you waiting for? Tune in now to hear all the latest news from around the web on the Totally Buzzed podcast, the only place to be totes buzzed. Football beef! Disclaimer, the following is an opinion-based podcast. Hi, and welcome to another mini beef, football beef World Cup special, where we've been building exercise with challenges attached. For example, you may have checked out our under 23 exercise, where we just built the best exercise possible, in our opinions, using only players that were under 23 at the World Cup. We also built the left at home XI, which was filled with the players we thought deserved to be a World Cup, that their nations had either opted to leave at home or they were injured before the tournament started. But this week, we are building the greatest World Cup XI possible. For example, the best in history, legends. Which team is the best possible team you can make using anyone that has featured at a World Cup? The only rule is they must have at least played one minute at a World Cup. Though I don't always see anyone who's only got a few minutes their name for this team. I'm going to get things started as your host, Laura. And my greatest World Cup XI sees me go for a 4-3-1-2. So, mixing it up for when I normally go for a 4-3-3 or something. But starting goal, I've gone for Oliver Kahn of Germany. Gonna give away my age here, but the 2002 World Cup is very crystal clear in my mind. And he was sensational at that. And I just, the first keeper that came to mind was him. I know in the final said tournament, there was a little boo-boo on one of the goals. But the rest of that tournament, he was insane. He barely, just some of the saves he pulled off to help Germany get to the final. Amazing. So for me, Oliver Kahn. Then fullback wise, which is, I find the most difficult. Because it's like, do you go for a very defensive pairing? Or attacking? Or best of both? Well, where'd you go? And in my head, I couldn't go better than these two. And I sort of did them as a duo, having Cafu and Roberto Carlos. So getting a little Brazilian flair going down my uh, wing-back flanks. Back, uh, I've gone for two no-nonsense centre-backs. I'm starting here with France's Marcel Desailly. So I basically, obviously, won the World Cup in 98 with France. He's one of the first centre-backs I remember going, wow, like, this guy is a, like, a wall, basically. And you just, tough composure on the ball. Just, you know, to me, that was the first one that came to my mind. And then when I was picking a partner, there were so many centre-backs I could have gone for. But I've ended up going for Cannavaro of Italy. I mean, to be fair, when I was going through centre-backs, I was there was a lot of them that were like Italian, which, you know, apparently in my mind, the Italians make good centre-backs. But I didn't think I could go far wrong with Cannavaro. Once again, someone who just defensively strong it sounds so weird to compliment a defender for a good defending but given how the game's evolved it does feel like something that's hard obviously he led Italy to victory in the 2006 World Cup and in that World Cup Italy kept five clean sheets and conceded only two goals and those two goals weren't from open play so I mean does that not say why he'd be in my greatest World Cup team? Then in midfield, obviously, I don't think you can look better than Zinedine Zidane. Obviously, when I grew up, I always saw him as the greatest player ever, the best player in the world for a long time. I know people always think of his headbutt. I don't even need to specify which headbutt because it's the headbutt. But the things he could do, just the skills, the passes, I don't think can go far wrong. 
Then obviously next to him in my midfield, I've had to stick him sort of out in the left in this the way I've written this formation, which I mean he'd make it work. But Maradona, I mean, how can I not put Maradona in? Obviously a little bit before my time, but I've seen I've seen enough to know that this man would he just has to be in the team. Like skills, tricks, goals, flair, personality. I know you shouldn't take personality, but that's just something for it, isn't it? I woke up, you want to see legends larger than life, and I don't think there was any larger than life legends than Maradona. Then also, I know I say that, and then the other person completing my sort of midfield freeze, how I'm seeing it, is Lofus Mateus. Obviously, once again, another German has made my team, but I wanted a midfielder in there who's not so much about flair, but someone, but someone who could be a little bit of a, a presence in there. So from his tackling to his good passing and stuff like that, just uh, ideal midfielders go in there with two very like skillful players. He's he's gonna get it done. I mean, he can hold his own in skill level. Don't get me wrong, but he also has that tackling element to him. But also, fun fact that he holds the record for the most World Cup matches played in by a single player of twenty five games. If that isn't enough to qualify for the greatest World Cup team ever, then I don't know what is. Then just in front of them playing behind my strike force is Lionel Messi, which as of recording, the World Cup 2022 is still ongoing. Argentina is still in it. So he might be a World Cup winner and join like some of these are World Cup winners. So he might be up there alongside them soon enough. But I know he had one player of the tournament previously. He could even win it in the 2022 I mean, it's messy. He might not have, as of recording, won the overall thing, but he's had moments in the World Cup are special, and you've seen how he's nearly got Argentina all the way. I mean, he got to a final. A lot of that is a little bit of messy magic, and he uses it to dig them out sometimes. Then up front, I feel this is going to be the most common strike force, but I've gone for Germany's Closer and R9, the original Ronaldo Brazil. I mean, Closer, to me, I remember any time you watched Germany at the World Cup when I was younger, if Germany were getting a goal, you just assume it was closer. It's one of those players up front, delivered the goals, absolutely clinical. There's a reason why he holds so many records. And then as for Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo, that is, I mean, just he's one of the first players that I remember as a kid and being like, this guy is a star. Just like even just his presence, football side, there's just something about him. You see him on the floor, you're like, yeah, he's an absolute star. And then when you get to see him play and so he's one of those players, even though I remember him, even when I see clips of him now, it surprised me how good he was. Just you just you just kind of forget because you're like, nah, he's just your mind playing tricks. But then you see some of the stuff and you're like, oh no, he was really the real deal. He might have he achieved so much despite having quite an injury hit career. And just if imagine if he didn't have those injuries, it would have been even bigger. But my god, even at like Dealing with that, he was still some player, and I think that says it all, and it's kind of terrifying. Obviously, I think between them, they are the two highest goal scorers at the World Cup, in World Cup history, so the most goals, like, one and two. So, what more better strike force can I get to that? Anyway, now the team will tell you their best World Cup exercise. I will put these in an article on totallybuzz.co.uk so you compare the teams by looking at one page, and maybe just tweet us your thoughts about the team at BuzzFootball. Anyway, let's see what the team have got. Hi Tommy, it's now your turn to do your greatest World Cup XI. Obviously you know the rules, they must have played at least one minute out of World Cup to qualify, 
Who's starting in the sticks? And also tell me your formation. Well, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm pretty sure they've all uh, they've all played at least one minute of a World Cup match. If they haven't, then I'm going to be very embarrassed. I'm going for like a a, a four two two two. It's probably more like a four two four. In all honesty, because there were just so many attacking players, that I was just like, get you in the t- just just go in the team. I don't care what you do, just go in there. Just go out there and, and do what you do. So in goal, I've got Gordon Banks. You know, had to represent England, of course. All the members. Of- totally beef totally a totally bit all the members of football beef totally put england players in yes that'd be embarrassing if they didn't <laughs> take a look at themselves even even just for that that save from i think it's, it's a pele header isn't it that remarkable mm-hmm. save that he crossed the goal claws, yeah like claws it from almost behind the line but it hasn't crossed the line even just for that but obviously part of the uh the 66 winning squad i just think hard not to include him i would say for my back four i've got a bit of Brazilian flair in the uh, in the fullback positions. Start starting. To, this is where it sort of starts to get very very modern, very very nineties and noughties for me. I've got Cafu at right back and Roberto Carlos at left back. Partly because I feel like they've defined the position. Like for for a modern lot of, fullback, I would yeah yeah. A, a lot of it has been down to sort of those two I feel and the, the success that they had in their club careers and with Brazil I mean they're a golden generation of Brazil they're basically oh, yeah, when you say name name successful oh, Brazilian I mean, footballers Cafu won it twice runners up in 98 it's I just think it's hard to get better than that really they peak so who's, yeah. gonna, put, who's gonna be in defense because I say this in the nicest way because I had both of them too but you obviously they're not known for their defensive strength I think they're underrated defensively don't get me wrong because I think because <laughs> just because they can they're good going forward it tends to make them look bad going back because you're comparing the levels like you're saying you're yeah. a nine going forward but you're all going to drop off a little bit so have you gone for more defensively strong in the middle of your defense or are they still a bit more attack minded because you said it's very attacking well, well what i've done is i've put as i've put pele and maradona at center back no, <laughs> i'm not i'm not quite gone that crazy again another another bit of english steel in the heart oh of my god the english bobby moore captaining the side to glory i mean i don't think this side would win glory but it's just kind of a bunch of players thrown together but i've got bobby moore and then i've got franz beckenbauer at centre back again I'd say a remarkable record but England don't have a remarkable record in the World Cup but they won it so I feel like you know again I've got to have a bit of representation in there you know yeah it's coming home all the vibes you stay true to your nation don't sell them out and then Beckenbauer I mean again Germany Germany have the incredible reputation and the incredible performance in the World (laughs) Cup and I think it's hard to to argue with that again it's kind of a defence that can do can do can do a bit of a bit bit of both I think like you've got the ball playing of Beckenbauer while still also being you know incredibly good Defensively. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I think I'd be happy with that if that was my defence and, and all my centre backs. And I feel like at least one of my midfielders will, will be happy that they're there. <laughs> Speaking of, which midfielder in particular with that if we're moving up your team here? That would be Zinedine Zidane. Uh, one, one of my two central midfielders because I couldn't really find a way to... I didn't. I didn't want to drop one of the two strikers that I picked. Is, is essentially what it is. So I couldn't find a way to have like two players sitting behind him. That so, makes sense. Yeah, I've got. I've got Zidane again for his part of his performance in, in the '98 World Cup because that was the first one that I remember. Obviously, he scored uh, two goals in the final. I mean, yeah, how exactly. can you? But 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 also for the 2006 World Cup because he like his last tournament. I know, obviously, the head, but. 
but it's kind of weird he... that his World Cup moments are associated with his head, but he's not a player I'd associate with his head. Do you know what? I mean, I've well, just, it just came to me. The, game, the game is all played up there, doesn't it? Can, can be can be slow or fast, but if you've got got that brain, and oh, we go with the, oh, because I was like, yeah, but he didn't. It's not. It's just the two goals in the France World Cup. Not oh yeah, headers and then, two headers, and then, and then a headbutt. Head yeah, yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's just... an interesting association. I feel I just feel like he sort of very he played like a big part in France actually getting to that final. Like I think that was a point where they weren't really one of the favourites to go that far especially after 2002 ended so badly for them like I feel like he kind of not single-handed but, but he, I get what he, you're he saying turned up where he needed to to get help get them to the final is this um, gonna be like the Messi at the 2022 sort of that's it's the sort of vibe that you're not dragging them over the line but when yeah, your side needs you're, a little you're, magic you're, you're being um, like almost the, the star quality that gets them there it's like yeah we're gonna get that obviously they didn't win it but again I feel like you know a, a man of the match display in a World Cup final where you win a star turn in a tournament to help get your team to the final, regardless of how it ends. I mean, he did end with one of the most iconic, one of the most iconic World Cup shots of him looking at the World Cup. So you maybe just focus on that. Yeah, one of the most. Yeah, if this was most iconic World Cup team, then I mean, you can't really argue with him being there, can you? <laughs> he's done. Um, he's done it all. Won it exactly. He's won it. Up the final exactly. <laughs> His head butted in it. Perfect. Alongside him, I've got uh, Lothar Matthäus. Get another German. Some read that, you know. I feel like we'll probably be doing a little bit more of like the, the legwork, a bit more of this kind of defensive side of it, but equally capable of, you know, pulling the strings, making things happen further forward as well. Like having watched some clips of him, I'm, I'm disappointed that I, you know, wasn't able to see more of him as a footballer. Cause he... Kind of on the tail end, isn't he? I'm look like we're similar ages, so... Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, in terms of his like record in the World Cup, like he did, he played in five tournaments. Like he was in three consecutive finals with Germany, won one of them. Like uh, his career lasted a, a bloody long time as well. Again, he just looked like the kind of player he he could do everything in the midfield. But yeah, when I got into football, would be when he was sort of starting to wind down his career a little bit. So obviously, didn't get really get to see him at the uh, at the peak of his powers. But no, I think again, you can't really argue with that. Now moving further forward. Now moving further forward in your team. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the front four in together. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, they would be a front four. I get so that, I but in my head, I feel like it's gonna be something that's gonna terrify defenses in my head. Just oh, seeing ab- these ab- four ab- names on the team would, sheet. You know, they would be terrified at the fullbacks, terrified of getting forward and not you know, being back in defence. The defence, the centre backs as well, they would be terrified. So I've got. Maradona, Pele, Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo R9, uh, and Miroslav Closer. I don't know what what needs to be said for that other than there they are. They, they're they going to go out and do their thing. Obviously, again, I think a couple of sort of like phenomenal records in there. Closer's kind of goal scoring record in the finals kind of speaks for itself. Germany um, scored at that time. You just assumed it was him was how yeah, I, I argue. Because that's generally, I would just remember, I don't even, I remember watching it on a crappy TV, which is not an insult to the TV. It was a good TV at the time that you don't know, you know, like a square TV and it was in colour. So it's like not a thing. And I just always vividly him remember like sticking a leg out just to get a goal line. But that's the sort of, you know, the man had the touch. Yeah, it was. I remember like watching like the, the tournament where he sort of got the, the record for like the most goals. And I like, I, I really wanted him to get it. <laughs> like, it's weird because we're I meant to be. Oh, I, I didn't have like, any kind of affinity with it was, like the, the German team, like other than when they knocked out England in. 2010 like I enjoyed watching them because I think they were quite exciting at the time so in 2010 2014 
that I've only real affinity with myself closer, but it, I think probably just because it felt like, ah, oh, I'm watching like history at the moment. It's like having, you know, the most goals in the World Cup finals. Like, that's a pretty impressive record. Beating Ronaldo, who had it before him, who, again, insane. You know, incredible record obviously performed brilliantly in 2002 when they got when they won it performed brilliantly in 98 when they got to the final brazil and then unfortunately whatever happened before the, the final happened greatest conspiracy and mystery mm, if, if anyone has absolutely. not seen the ronaldo documentary i can't think of the subtitle but it was recently aired in the bbc if you live in the uk everyone should watch it because the it just gets more interesting the more you hear about that whole incident and especially with roberto carlos going i watched you have a seizure i don't know what to do Stuff like that is is a good watch. <laughs> Confusing and more conspiracies, but this is another thing of another iconic thing. If I think you've picked a very iconic player, not just for what he could do, but just for the oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like the, <laughs> the the other members of the front four are pretty iconic as well. Maradona and Pele, mm. even just the names. What, what did they uh, What did they ever do, eh? Oh yeah, what what kind of iconic moments are either of them kind of associated with, particularly Maradona? No, none spring to mind, really. No, no, no I think if I was Peter Shilton right now, I'd definitely be saying my memory's drawing a blank. Oh yeah, well I mean, I think if Peter Shilton listens to this podcast, he will probably be uh, sending some angry tweets. <laughs> He's just way. ended the podcast now, so yeah. it's fine. Bye, he Peter. said Maradona, don't not listen anymore. Uh, I yeah. mean, do you want to say anything about Pele and Maradona other than just great? Because I don't think they're... <laughs> I don't think there really is much to say about them, is there? Like, which I guess kind of is the point of this team, like that, you know, they are who they are. Like Pele in particular, again, phenomenal, obviously phenomenal player, phenomenal performance at World Cups, Marathon as well, phenomenal player. Uh, Like we said, some some iconic moments in the World Cup. I feel like it's kind of what you want, along with just being an outstanding player. You, You kind of want to have those those moments and he definitely delivered that and obviously capable of single-handedly winning a game do you want to recap your team so in goal i've got gordon banks my right back is cafu center backs bobby moore franz beckenbauer my left back is roberto carlos uh, in midfield got zenedine zidane and lothar mateus and then my front four in, in terms of actual positions i've written down maradona on the right pele on the left and uh, Ronaldo and Miroslav closer through the middle with strikers. And that is Tommy's greatest World Cup exile, in his opinion. If you think you can beat it, beat us at Buzz Football. Now it's time for Daniel's historic exile, where he's trying to build the greatest World Cup exile of all time. There's no pressure here. Daniel, what's your formation and who's between the sticks? A, a three two three two i want to say it sounds like you're testing your mic three two three two yeah a little bit yeah well i'm just testing to see if this is actually a good team or not i think it is i think it is yeah i'm gonna go three two three two an innovator for the most classic team but who's gonna go between the sticks and who's gonna be looking at this formation trying to work it out from the back uh, well, I mean, that's a nice, easy one. There's only one person that can go there for me. I have gone for the absolute god that was Fabian Barthez in France 98. Any reason why he stood out? Because, I mean, there's been legendary keepers. Loads of keepers have made their names at World Cup. Well, I mean, there's been keepers that seem to only exist at World Cups. But why was it Barthez? Uh, the reason I went for Barthez is because, well, I was looking at Oli Khan, obviously 2002, but phenomenal goalkeeper. But he didn't win the World Cup. So... 
I had to go for Fabian Barthez. This is the time when I really, really started getting into football. And I remember watching him thinking, my God, if only he came to Manchester United. It was just obviously kind of towards the end of Peter Schmeichel's run with Manchester United. But Fabian Barthez was absolutely phenomenal in the World Cup. I think, obviously, you have to look a little bit at the fact he was on home turf. So everything kind of worked for him. But when you also consider the fact... He didn't concede a goal from open play until the semi-finals, and that only came against Dvor Suka. And he was obviously Croatia. Dvor Suka was having a phenomenal World Cup. They did concede a penalty in the group. I believe that was to Michael Laudrup, Denmark. So they uh, they conceded a penalty uh, in the group stages, but they closed Brazil out in the final playing a third of the match with 10 men. Obviously, uh, Desai got himself sent off in the final, and Somehow France still held on, but Barthez really was one of two players that won them the World Cup in 98, in my opinion. So that's why I've gone for Fabian Barthez. Interesting. Now, who are you going to in front of him? Obviously, legendary keeper. Doesn't need much protection, but won't help. Won't hurt even. Who's going from right to left here? At right back, I have gone for the most capped Brazilian men's player of all time. I have gone for the legendary Cafu. Two World Cups really stood out to me. 1994 uh, in USA and the 2002 uh, World Cup in the Korea-Japan one. Interesting. And next to him? I have gone for Fabio Cannavaro in the centre of defence. He captained his team to the World Cup in 2006, won the World Cup. That's impressive enough. But again, consider Italy only conceded two goals in the entire tournament uh, in 2006. One was an own goal. One was a penalty in the final. That's mind-blowing. Cannavaro was an absolute beast of a defender. I mean, and completing this three-man defence. I mean, you've you only got three men, but they're three impressive men. Well, one, I've kind of cheated a little bit because I do this. Didn't really play left back very often. I mean, he did for club, but I've gone for Roberto Carlos. 2002 World Cup, he played left midfield. He's my Alfonso Davis of the group here. Runner up in 1998, lost to France in the final, obviously. Won it in 2002, bowed out of the World Cup in 2006, losing to France again in the round of 16. Maybe not the best left uh, left back I could have gone with, but for me, the fullback position is kind of a hard one to fill when you think of historic. I think doing it again, I may go Lizarazu, but I've got to have Carlos in there. I mean, you've got the nice comparison, a nice little balance there, I think, between you got Cannavaro basically covering for him, I assume. Man's going to be getting his paycheck. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. I've got Cannavaro bailing me out of everything here with Cafu just being a god. <laughs> and then moving into your... I want to say how you did 3-2, moving slightly in front of them for your sitting pair. Is that how this is working? Well, I don't need to worry about... Yeah, No, not really sitting pair. I don't need to worry about my defence because I've got Cannavaro, so I'm good with it. I'm going straight into the midfield with arguably the best midfielder in the world in 1998. I've gone for Zidane. France 98, he scored two in the final. Could argue, again, similar to Barthez, he was the main reason France won in the final. Uh, man for the World Cup, absolutely. Runner-up in 2006. He had another amazing World Cup in 2006. Something happened at the end, though. Can't really remember. Remember? No, nothing. I mean, he looked sadly at the World Cup. I'm sure that's what you're referring to, the image of him just sadly staring at a trophy he didn't get to touch again. I think that may have been it. Yeah. And who you put in with Zidane, then? There's a lot of flair. So it's hard to have a World eleven without a Spanish inclusion, I kind of think. I have to go for Iniesta. South Africa 2010. Iniesta was at the heart of Spain's kind of dominant run. We've spoken about this before where Spain just obviously had that amazing midfield, amazing team with the likes of David Villa and uh, Xavi, Iniesta. Just phenomenal players. But I, I had to go for Iniesta over Xavi because... 
he also scored the only goal to win Spain's first and only World Cup. So if I was to pick, I had to have one of them. And I was like, well, you know, at least this one's actually scored in the World Cup final and got Spain their first and only World Cup. It means he can handle the big situations, which you would want from a player at a World Cup. That's, that's pretty much what I was looking for, yeah. And then who else we got here? In, I want to say still midfield, or are we go more attacking now? Yeah, I'm going to go over to the right wing, if I may. I have picked 2002's Rivaldo. Maybe not the most obvious choice, but he was coming to the end of in, his international career. But he was one of those players I felt kind of got better with age. The kind of the drama had kind of dropped off a little bit, and he just seemed to be playing really, really, really good football. I think, you know, obviously... We said about this earlier on, France won the World Cup in 1998, so Rivaldo was part of the Brazilian team, so he became runner-up, but he ended up lifting the trophy, trophy in 2002. I feel like if a player like Rivaldo never lifted the World Cup, it would have been a crying shame. I could not have him in my historic 11. I feel like I would want Rivaldo sitting on that right wing for me. I mean, that makes sense. And where are you going from Rivaldo? Because that's, once again, a lot of creativity. But actually, to be fair, he's underrated for how he got stuck in. But then I also think of his weird dive at a World Cup where the ball hit him. Oh, when it hit his eye and his, he went down hard on his face. I know, footballers, right? I'm going to switch wings a little bit and I'm going to stay in Brazil. I'm going to go for Ronaldinho in 2002 as well. You know, Rivaldo was just bound out of international football, but Ronaldinho was just stepping into it. The 2002 World Cup, obviously... I think Ronaldinho scored a couple of goals. I want to say he scored two that World Cup, but it was the goal against England that was argued as a fluke. And it never quite sat well with me because it would only be kind of two, three, four years kind of later in his career that he was just doing that kind of stuff for fun. And no one ever looked at them goals and went, well, that was a fluke as well. You know, Ronaldinho had talent in buckets and one of the most beautiful players I've ever seen kick a ball just made everything look fun and really kind of captured the imagination of what football could be uh so for that reason i've had to put ronaldinho on my left wing okay and who else have you got then is it another brazilian because there's a lot of sambering going on in your team <laughs> i've got someone with a kind of little brazilian flair but i'm not brazilian but he really did kind of show what he can do in brazil i have gone for hamas rodriguez as my central attacking midfielder really based on the uh, World Cup 2014 in Brazil. Now, a bit of a spoiler, this is the only inclusion I've got in my team that has never won the World Cup, but he has still kind of got that completed it mate energy. I mean, nine goals. Do you know what I mean? Like, he nine goals. He ain't coming out with any regrets or remorse, basically. you He can sleep easily, is what I'm getting from completed it mate energy. Yeah, like, okay, so Colombia scored nine nine goals to top the group he scored three of them and set up five of them so that is just phenomenal at his first ever major tournament as well but that goal against Uruguay come on how could I not have him in my team that is fair but where are we going now Daniel you've only got a few slots left there's a lot of flair there's a lot of goals there is a lot of goals and there's even more coming sitting uh in the front for me one of two strikers I have got Miroslav Klose for Germany just he didn't have an amazing club career, but he seemed to live for the World Cup. Uh, his debut World Cup was in 2002, finished runner-up, obviously didn't win it that year, but runner-up in the tournament and runner-up in the golden boot, I want to say. I think he did. Uh, third place in 2006, won a golden boot, scored another four goals in South Africa, two in 2014, one of them against England, so thanks for that. And... When he left, he kind of gave the torch to Muller, but I'd never seen a player like Miroslav Klose in my lifetime that can just consistently keep it going, but also lives for the World Cup. 
real talisman for Germany. Phenomenal player. I had to have him in my team. And your final pick? I don't know how you follow up on closer, but I do think there might be one way. The, the only way you can really go. I've gone for R9, Ronaldo, 2002 World Cup. Do you want to shed some light on why you've gone for R9? I feel like it's self-explanatory because the man, the myth. Well, I mean, of course, yeah. He debuted in night didn't play a single minute of football at the World Cup and because he was at the 94 World Cup. I don't know if you remember, but he was at the World Cup, didn't score, just sat on the bench. So technically he has got two winner's medals, but does, does it really count because he didn't play a single minute? But at the time, he was only 17 years old as well, though. So lost in the final to France in 98, scored a few goals as well. I think he got four or five of that World Cup, if I remember rightly. 2002 was his stage. It was time to shine. Absolutely out of this world. The one saving grace I've got, I was pleased we were the, England were the only team that he faced in the tournament and didn't score against. Didn't really help us though. <laughs> didn't really help us, thanks to Rivaldo and Ronaldinho, both inclusions in my team, of course. Four in the group, four in the knockouts. It was just, it was his World Cup. Absolutely phenomenal player, one of the best of our generation and probably will go down as one of the greatest strikers that's ever lived and ever will live. But yeah, I think that that rounds my team out nicely. And just to sum up your team, do you want to recap it for the listener by going from goalkeeper to your striker in this bizarre formation that is uh, probably, it probably work with the amount of talent you've squeezed into your team. How would it not work? Absolutely. So my formation, I've gone for a three, two, three, two, uh, with Fabian Bartes in the sticks, Roberto Carlos sitting on the left, Fabio Cannavaro in the centre of defence, and Cafu sitting right back. I've gone for Zidane and Iniesta. Just imagine that midfield. Sitting in the middle there, Rivaldo on the right wing, Ronaldinho on the left wing, with Hamas Rodriguez sitting in centre attacking midfield, with Miroslav Klose and Ronaldo sitting up front, scoring all the goals for me. Wonderful. Thank you, Daniel. And if you think you can build a better team than Daniel, do get in touch at Buzz Football, but I feel like Daniel might argue into the ground about how great his team is with that so much talent and so many winners. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me again, and I'll catch you uh, again very soon. Hello, it's me, Squiggy, and I am here to talk about my best historic World Cup eleven, in my opinion. We are playing a very simple 4-4-2 formation in this one because, you know, it's an old school formation for some old school players, as you'll see by this. So we're starting goal. We have Lev Yashin in goal. Um, obviously, I could have picked a few others in here. Oliver Kahn, but I went with Lev Yashin because basically he's the only player to win the Ballon d'Or, who's a goalkeeper. So I felt like he had to he had to be in there, really. Defence, we've got a probably a very expected defence. We've got Cafu at right back. Um, I don't really think that needs any explanations. And then... The two central defenders are Beckenbauer and Bobby Moore, two enemies playing together there. And then at left back, we've got Roberto Carlos, um, possibly possibly the best left back and right back that I've ever seen in my time. So they definitely had to go in there. Midfield, Johan Cruyff, you know, arguably one of the most gifted midfielders ever. And I had to fit in uh, an Englishman, you know, a guy from up north as well, wore Bobby Charlton alongside him. Zinedine Zidane, if we forget about the World Cup final where he gets where he got sent off. Brilliant, brilliant midfielder. One of the best, one of the best I've ever seen. And then probably one of the best I've never seen is Diego Maradona. Don't really think we can probably argue about him being in that team. Whether he should be playing as a winger or not is up for debate, but that's where he is in my team. We'll ignore the hand of God part, but everything else, everything Maradona did was just fantastic. And then up front, we've got a couple more Brazilians with Pele. 
I don't think that needs any explanation. And then R9 alongside him, Ronaldo, the proper Ronaldo, the original Ronaldo. Again, absolutely fantastic striker, scorer of some absolutely fantastic goals. His all-round player was just brilliant. Just a shame his haircut was a little bit dodgy, but, you know, probably one of the best. So, yeah, that's quickly it, really. Um, there's not really much else to say. Uh, we'll recap. It's a 4-4-2 formation. In goal, we have Lev Yashin. Uh, in defence, we have Cafu, Beckenbauer, Bobby Moore, and Roberto Carlos. In midfield, Johan Cruyff, Bobby Charlton, Zinedine Zidane, and Diego Maradona. And then up front, we have Pele and Ronaldo. That's Ronaldo R9 Ronaldo. So, yeah. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you've enjoyed all of this. Thanks for listening. And goodbye, everybody. Football beef! Not heard the latest about pooping prime ministers? What podcast have you been listening to? Because it definitely isn't the Totally Buzz podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and totallybuzz.co.uk. So what are you waiting for? Tune in now to hear all the latest news from around the web. On the Totally Buzzed podcast, the only place to be totes buzzed.